Good evening, good evening, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the first life class of 2022. And it's still well in order for me to wish you a happy, happy new year. This year is going to be a different and powerful new year for you in the mighty name of Jesus. He's going to move you from level to level, from glory to glory in this new year. This is our year to advance, and I see you advancing like never before. It's going to be liberating. It's going to be accelerating. You're going to run through the troop. You're going to leap over every limiting wall in the mighty name of Jesus. It's going to be a time of actualization, realization, manifestation for you and for yours this year in the mighty name of Jesus. Go ahead and receive it by faith even right now in the name of Jesus. In the comment column, if you are there on Facebook or on YouTube right now, type amen, amen. Receive these words of prophecy over your life. It shall be your year of actualization, your year of realization, your year of manifestation, your year of going to the next level. It is our year to advance in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be God. You don't want to miss what God is saying and what God is doing in this time and the word that is coming to you even tonight. It's a foundational, very deliberate, very powerful word that's coming your way this evening. And you don't want to enjoy it alone. So go out of your way right now. Quickly invite everybody you know, send out a text message, broadcast it on WhatsApp and let everybody know that service is live and they should jump in and join. If you're on Facebook, you can share the Facebook feed uh, or you can, in the comments, tag your friends so they know we are live and they can come in and enjoy the word that is coming their way this year. Hallelujah. We give God all the glory. We give God all the praise. Here we are in the first midweek life class of 2022. We deliberately took a bit of a break um, from when we stopped in December. And even as we entered into the new year to, to gather our strength, to gather our steam and to retreat and go back into God and hear what God is saying for this time, for this age, for this people. And he's been saying so much and I'm still, I'm still meditating, I'm still incubating, I'm still studying and getting so much more from the heart of God. But there is a word for you tonight that's going to take you to a next level, that's going to lift you up, that's going to turn around your life, that's going to liberate you. I'm starting a new series tonight called Navigating Forward. Navigating Forward. Through the month of January, that's the overarching theme. But each Wednesday, it will be another very practical teaching that I will be bringing your way. So are you ready? Are you ready? Just in case you're not ready, tell your tell yourself right now, get ready, get ready, get ready. Fasten your seatbelt, brace yourself because something is about to happen. Come on, invite somebody to join us now as we go into God's word. All right. I'm reading from the book of Philippians chapter 3 from verse 12 to verse 14. Paul is writing. And when you, in your own time, you can take time out to read the whole chapter from the beginning, loaded with so much truth. 
But I zero in on these three verses in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to verse 14. It says, not that I have already attained, though I'm already perf perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul is saying here that he's seeking to apprehend that for which he was apprehended. He wants to fulfill purpose. He wants to fulfill destiny. He wants to be everything that God called him for, ordained him, and desired for him to be. And in this text, we start to see the nature of God's call upon our lives. The nature of God's call upon our life is clear in this text. He says, I press on, I'm reaching forward towards the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So we see clearly that the call of God, listen, is an upwards call and it's a forwards call. It's an upwards call and it's a forward call. So he's calling us upwards and he's calling us forward. God's call is for us to come forward, to, to come upwards, to come towards him. And this first installment in a series of navigating forward is all about going forward. But before you can truly move forward, the Holy Spirit said to me, you have to conduct a spiritual audit. Somebody say spiritual audit. Somebody type spiritual audit in the, the feed. You have to conduct a spiritual audit. It's going to make sense in a few moments. Let's share a word of prayer. The first installment of this series is a spiritual audit. Mighty Father, I ask that you take complete control. Grant me utterance, O God. Grant me a word in season. Cause my tongue to be as the pen of the ready writer, that I might inscribe upon the hearts of the men and women that are listening, whether live or later, your living truth. And that by reason of that truth, they will be elevated to a new level of experience with you. O God, I stir up the gifting within. I receive the anointing upon Oh God, go beyond my preparation and my physical strength, oh God, and empower me with your spirit, with great prophetic unction for a word in season that will truly set your children free and that will cause revival, even as we embark on a spiritual audit tonight. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty, mighty name, we do pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Come on, go ahead right now. Quickly invite other people. The word is coming hard and fast, straight and true. And you don't want anybody to miss any part of it. The prophetic word that has been given to us in House on the Rock, London, and for anyone that would choose to believe and run with it, is this is a year to advance. The pilot text is taken from the book of Exodus and chapter 14, from verse 13 to verse 15 where the Israelites were now caught in between the Red Sea and the Egyptians behind them. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you will hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? 
tell the children of Israel to go forward. Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. They were in between a rock and a hard place in an impossible situation. When you are in an impossible situation, when you are between a rock and a hard place, what do you do? Moses' instruction to the people when they were in that situation was essentially to wait for God to do something. He said that be still, stand still. You are, the Lord will fight for you. You will not have to fight. Hold your peace. In other words, the summary of Moses' counsel and instruction to the children of Israel was that they should wait for God to do something. And, and that's, not, that's not a bad instruction because Moses is speaking from his experience, his, his walk with God so far. He, in every situation, it has always been God doing something before something happened. So he, he went back to that forte, that safe haven, that comfort zone, that let's just sit down and wait for God to intervene. Let's sit down and wait for God to do something. But God's instruction in this situation was the exact opposite of what Moses had declared. God was actually the one that was waiting for the Israelites to do something as opposed to the Israelites waiting for God to do something. Is it possible that it is God that is actually waiting for you while you are saying that you are waiting on God? God said to Moses, tell the children of Israel to go forward. Uh, go forward. And it's the same today where we often feel that we are waiting on God, not knowing that he is actually waiting on us. God responds to moves of faith. For it is impossible to please God without faith. For he that cometh unto him must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. So God responds to faith. God responds to the move of faith. When you make a move in faith, God will respond. When you move in faith, God also moves in response to your move of faith. The prophetic word for this year is crystal clear. Stop waiting on God, rather advance, move forward. God has given the clarion call. The trumpet has sounded. It is clear in our ears. God says advance. Don't let anything stop you. Go forward, press forward, advance this year. Whatever you do, make sure that you are moving forward. Oh, can I encourage somebody this evening? Can I speak a word to somebody this evening? It's not every day that you're going to be able to advance with speed, but whatever you do, make sure you make progress every day. No matter how small the progress is, make sure you make progress. I don't know about you, but for me, the beginning of this year has been already full of challenges, full of unexpected happenings and obstacles. But one thing that God said to me, he said that you've got to be committed to moving forward no matter what. You might be coming out of the of the stable, out of the, the starting max slow. But don't worry, as long as you are moving forward, you're going to pick up pace. Can I prophesy to somebody? You're going to pick up pace. You're going to gain momentum. You might be crawling now, but if you will keep on moving, your crawl will become a walk. If you will keep on moving, your walk will become a run. If you will keep on moving, your run will become flight. I see somebody about to take 
flight even this year if you believe it come and shout amen i take flight i'm going to take flight i'm going to fly in the holy ghost even this year and you see by the time you take flight it will be less of your effort now it will be the winds of the spirit that is carrying the lord said that clearly to me he spoke it he whispered it to me he said you keep on moving you might be crawling now you're going to move from a call to a walk from a walk to a run from a run to flight i decree it i declare it's happening in the name of jesus when god gives us the instruction to advance this is not a promise of no opposition in fact it's a suggestion that there will be opposition uh but rather what he's telling you is that in spite of the opposition advance don't let the presence of opposition the presence of opponents the presence of naysayers stop you from moving forward in other words don't let the thorn in your flesh stop you from moving forward I, I, I've explained this already. When when Paul was praying that a thorn would be removed from his flesh, three times he interceded, and God did not remove the thorn, but said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. There are many reasons why God allowed this to be the case, but God was also trying to get Paul to see that the presence of a thorn doesn't mean the inhibition of your movement. The presence of a thorn does not mean the inhibition of your movement. Even with a thorn in your flesh, move. Even with a limp in your feet, move. Even with some weakness in your body, move. Move by faith and God will meet you as you move. There is always a way forward. You've got to have a mindset that believes that there is always a way forward. No matter what, there is always a way forward and so if there is always a way forward what i do is i look for the way forward what is the way forward in this impossible situation you've got to engage forward thinking think forward engage forward thinking in this house we are a prophetic company ah uh, yes we are a prophetic company. We run with prophecies. We hear words from the Lord, prophecies from God, and we run with the prophecies. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. However, listen to me closely. Here in this place is where the prophetic meets with practical application. The prophetic meets with the practical the prophetic meets with the practical. So we take the prophecies, but then we look at how to translate these prophet prophecies into practical application. Paul admonished Timothy in the book of 1 Timothy and chapter 1 and verse 18 that he should wage a good warfare with the prophecies that had been spoken over his life. Prophecies had been spoken over Timothy's life. Prophecy has been spoken over your life, over your future. You have a great destiny. You have a great future. Prophecies have been spoken. So prophecies are not automatic and not necessarily automatic because Paul told Timothy that he should wage warfare with the prophecies. In other words, if he did not wage warfare with the prophecies, there was the possibility that those prophecies would not come to pass. So he had to take a hold of the prophecies and wage warfare with the prophecies. So we start to see that prophecies are weapons of war. Prophecies are weapons of war for you to use against opposition. So uh, 
my experience, a lot of the time when I hear a prophecy, I expect opposition. I expect the opposite things to start to show up, to try to get me to let go of the prophecy. But I will not let go of the prophecy. I will not let go of the word of the Lord. I will not let go of my faith, which has great recompense of reward even when the contrary even when the opposite happens i will still hold on to the weapon of my warfare the prophecy that god has given me prophecies are also a light on the divine inter the intentions of god prophecies give us light give us illumination show us the divine intentions of our god that we are now meant to actualize we are now meant to actualize those divine intentions of god that have been unveiled through prophecy so we start to see that in this place prophecy listen prophecy does not absolve you of responsibility prophecy does not absolve you of responsibility it actually gives you a responsibility to fulfill Prophecy does not absolve you of responsibility. It actually gives you a responsibility to fulfill. Hallelujah. Understand this, this. We now must take the prophecy to advance in this year and ask ourselves the question, how? So God tells us, this is what I want, but it's our job to find out the how. Ooh, hallelujah. It's your job to find out the how. He has said advance. It's now your job to find out the how. Sometimes finding out the how is going back to him and saying, God, how? So you've got to find out the how. How do we advance? What are the advanced strategies given to us from on high to apply? What are these strategies? And over the next couple of weeks, that's what I'm going to be teaching about. I'm going to be teaching you key things that you need to acquire, you need to apply yourself to in order to advance. So you do not want to miss any of the midweek life classes through the month of January. Today, I'm laying a very strong um, foundation that you need to receive, but you don't want to miss the other installments too. Make sure that you join me next week um, Wednesday, I believe that in the course of the teaching next week, Wednesday, I'm going to touch on your decision-making process. Because contrary to popular belief, your destiny is not just something that's going to happen no matter what. Your destiny is determined by your decisions. Your decisions will determine your destiny. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Make sure you join me next week, Wednesday. Uh, our lives are governed by our decisions. It's so powerful indeed. Uh, but as I started to go to God with these inquiries, with these questions on exactly how are we meant to advance? What is the way forward? How do we advance, especially in the impossible situations that we face in the current world that we live in, in the great divisions that exist in this world, in the great, uh, the, 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 the great conflicts that exist in the world that we live in. How do we advance? I was going to God and I was asking him for the strategies, for the download, for the steps. And he said to me, a spiritual audit is required. Somebody type it into the feed once again. A spiritual audit is required. A spiritual audit is required. What's an audit? An audit is stock taking. An audit is examining the facts and the figures. <laughs> By definition, an audit is looking at the past and sometimes the present 
An audit hardly ever is looking at the future. Oh, the results of an audit can inform you about steps to take in the future, but an audit by its very definition is focused on the past, on what has already taken place. Hallelujah. And I know this becomes a struggle for me and for other believers because in our text, in the book of Philippians chapter 3, Paul said, forgetting those things that are behind. So it would seem on the surface that the scripture is saying that we are meant to forget the things that are behind and simply press forward, forget everything that's behind you. So how does a spiritual audit fit into this picture of forgetting what is behind? These are the things that I started to ask the Lord. But when you read that text further down, in that same text, in that same chapter, Paul says that we should adhere to the things that we have already learned. We should adhere to the things that we have already learned. He says, forgetting those things that are behind, I press forward towards the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Then he later down, just two verses down, says, um, adhere to the things that we have already learned. When did we learn these things? We learned them in the past. But didn't you just say that we should forget the things that are in our past? Uh-huh. What is he really saying? When we bring these things t- together, what he's actually saying is that you forget everything else in the past, but the lessons learned. The only thing that you are to take out of your past are the lessons that your past has taught you, the lessons that your, the, your past has spoken to you. Forget the past, the pain, or the accelerating joy or happiness so to say, but make sure that the lessons that you have learned, you take it along with you. In fact, we must learn the lessons that our past is teaching us. It's not just a suggestion, it's a must, because every time we fail to learn from the past, the lessons that the past is teaching us, we perpetuate, recreate that past in our future. And this is the plight of human nature and mankind, that a lot of lessons that the past has taught, we have refused to learn, and we keep on repeating the same cycles. I have prophesied that this cycles will be broken this year. You have tarried along this mountain long enough. It's time to go forward. But the practical way, the prophetic means the practical, the practical way you are going to break those cycles and move northwards or move forwards is by learning the lessons you need to learn. Because if you don't learn the lessons, you are going to repeat the same thing. You are going to find yourself locked into the same trajectory as you have always been. Is anybody hearing me tonight? It's time for you to introspect and do a spiritual audit. How come, is it is every time somebody else is at fault, you go here, things go wrong there, they evict you. You go there, things go wrong there, they evict you. And you keep on finding yourself evicted left, right, and center. Uh, and yet every time they are the ones that have done something wrong, they are the ones that something is wrong with them. You've got to stop sometimes and introspect and check, is there something that I'm doing wrong? Or is there a lesson that I am refusing to learn and apply myself to? You see, my God is not the God that just pushes you to the next class if you haven't passed the exams of the last. Wow. Father, we bless you. A spiritual audit is needed. So before we start talking about forward strategies, let us deal with the essential spiritual audit 
that is needed. I didn't just come to bless you tonight and to prophesy over you tonight as great as that is. As that is. Listen to me, brothers, sisters. I came to give you assignments. I came to give you work to do. If this message registers with you and hits where it's meant to hit, hit by the close of this service over the next few days, you should be sitting down with your Bible, with your notepad in a in quiet place and doing some work, doing some assignments. I came to deliver to you essential assignments you need, work you need to do. All right. On a simplistic level, I'm going to tell you the purpose of an audit, the purpose of an audit. Now, I'm not talking about the financial audit or the accounting audit now. I'm talking more in the general level and very simple life application level. There are three basic purposes of an audit, uh, uh, that, uh, the type of audit that I am talking about there. I call them the three S's. We run an audit to determine which of the three S's to apply in our lives. What are the three S's? The three S's are stop, start, sustain. Stop, start, sustain. Stop, start, sustain. So when I audit an area of my life or I audit anything, I'm checking Come on, come on. I'm checking what I need to stop. What do I need to stop? What do I need to stop doing? Where do I need to stop going? You've got to determine what you need to stop. But not just what you stop. You also have to determine what do I need to start doing that I haven't been doing before. It's not just about stopping stuff. It's also about what do I need to start doing? What do I need to start? What new innovation should I start? What new practice? What new habit do I start? The truth be, be told, life actually abhors a vacuum. So every time you are attempting to stop something, realize that you have to start something else to fill the space of the thing that you are stopping. Because if you don't fill it up, it's just a matter of time before you find yourself backsliding to continue to do the thing that you said you were going to stop. So S, first S is you've got to determine what you need to stop. You've got to determine what you need to start. The last S is you've got to determine what you need to sustain, what you need to sustain, what you need to keep doing. And when I talk about sustaining, I'm not talking about just keeping it on the same level. I'm actually talking about the things you need to do more of, the things you need to take to the next level. Not everything needs to be stopped. Not everything is a fresh start. Some things are things you've been doing before, but now you need to take them to the next level. You need to continue doing them because there's power in consistency. At the turn of a year, a lot of people uh, feel harried and rushed to make decisions. Everybody's trying to make a decision. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to start that. Can I beg you tonight? Don't rush to make rash decisions without stopping to gather the right information so that your decisions are properly informed, that you're not making emotional decisions and you're not making decisions that are being pushed by peer pressure. You are making decisions that are informed by God and that are, that are corroborated with witnesses that make it sure that this is the decision I need to make. Hallelujah. Is anybody hearing me what I'm saying? So you've got to determine the things you need to stop. You need to de determine the things you need to start. You need to determine the things you need to sustain. And by sustaining, I'm talking about actually taking it to the next 
level. You, this is the way you look at areas of your life and you say, okay, what do I need to stop? What do I need to start? What do I need to sustain? I'm really quickly going to suggest to you areas of your life that you need to perform this audit on. Of course, you can choose more areas than the areas I'm going to highlight to you. But let these areas illuminate you. Let them bless you. Let them instruct you. Let them inform you. Areas that you need to look into. You need to audit your family life, your relationships, your family, your biological family. You need to check it out. You need to look at that family, your nuclear family, your parents, uh, your siblings, your spouse, your children. That's a vital, vital relationship indeed. In fact, it's foundational relationship. Can I take a sidestep and let you know that God's plan A for the world was not the church. God's plan A for the, for the world was the family. It was husband and wife, godly husband, godly wife, bringing forth godly seed that will ultimately uh, populate the world and cause it to be a godly world. So the family is the first, first incubation. So you want to do an audit of your family life and ask yourself, how have I been conducting my family life? What priorities have I put in place when it comes to my family? What do I need to stop when it comes to my family? What do I need to start? And what do I need to sustain when it comes to my family? So first area you want to look at is your family life. Next area, you want to examine your social or relational life. Woo! Your social or relational life. That's your relationship with other people now beyond your family. You want to do an audit there. You want to check it. You want to check it properly. You want to audit it properly because your life tomorrow is actually determined about you by your relationships today. Show me, a, 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 show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. Hallelujah. You want to check your relationships. You want to do an audit of your relationships. Now, of course, there are different types of relationships. There are relationships that are above you that you know that these are my mentors. These are my coaches. These are my leaders. These are my examples. And so I, I know my relationship towards them is one of which I am, I am taking from them and they are pulling me up. Then you have relationships on your own level, which are your colleagues on the same level with you. And you are encouraging one another. And you have relationships that are quote unquote below you that you are the one giving to them and bringing them up. You want to audit all of those relationships. You want to audit your relationships critically and unemotionally to know the relationships that are draining you, that are just taking away from you, that are breaking your flow, that are stopping you from moving forward, that are causing you to stumble, that are feel, feeding you with fear and doubt and unbelief. And you need to start to cut off those relationships. You need to do an audit. There are certain relationships you need to stop. There are relationships you need to start. And their relationship you need to sustain, you need to take to the next level. So you want to do an audit of your social relational life. Number three, you want to do an audit of your financial life. Money answers all things. Money is critical 
to life, whether we like it or not. It is not money that is the root of all evil. It is the love of money that is the root of all evil. We need money to advance the kingdom of God. We need great prosperity. I'm praying for you, even in this season and this year, that you're going to break into new realms of financial liberty in the name of Jesus. You're going to find resources to advance greatly, even in this year, in the mighty name of Jesus. The works of your hand are going to be blessed in the name of Jesus. But there's no point God pouring finances your way into a bag that has holes. This is why you have to do an audit of your financial life to see how am I managing my finances? Uh, do I have holes in my bag that's causing all of the finance and resource that God brings my way to be drained out. You'll be surprised that if you are able to plug those holes, what you consider to be little before can become multiplied and become a lot. So you've got to audit your financial life. You need to check your, your habits, your financial habits, um, your savings, your investments, your spending habits. What do you need to stop? What do you need to start? What do you need to sustain in your financial life? Number four area that you need to audit. You need to audit your vocational life. What's vocation? Vocation is what you do for a living. Your vocation life can be a career or it can be a business. Some people are called into the office space, into an organizational space. They're not entrepreneurs. They work in a career that's going up certain ladders. But then there are others that are entrepreneurs that are going to work in the business world. You want to do an audit of that area of your life also and ask yourself, you want to set goals. Hallelujah, we'll get there. You want to set goals. You want to set smarter goals. You want to look at those areas and say, okay, so what am I doing here? What do I need to start? What do I need to stop? What do I need to sustain? What's my next level? Where am I going in this area? Number five area that you need to do an audit on. You need to do an audit on your physical life. <laughs> your physical life, your health, and your fitness. Woo, hallelujah. You know, it's just like the principle that I've been sharing, if you've been listening closely to me, even in the course of this message. God tells you the what. You have to find the wow. The, the how, right, the rather. So God gives us his spirit. We have a spirit. A man is a spirit who lives in a body and he has a soul. So you must realize that this physical body is important. This physical body is what you use to execute what God has deposited in your spirit. So therefore, your care of this physical body is important. It is important how you take care of this physical body. I've taught you severally, and I will say it over and again. The truth is God built this physical body to heal itself. Healing is actually a natural process that God has already put inside our bodies. Of course, from time to time, we need divine supernatural interventions, but we would need less of divine supernatural interventions if we took care of our physical bodies properly. That means that I'm eating right, I'm sleeping right, and I'm exercising right. Yes, it said that a bodily profit, um, exercise profitably too. But when you go and read that in context, he was talk, talking in comparison with the godly disciplines. Hallelujah. So we still need to take care of our bodies properly. So you need to ask yourself, you need to do an audit on your physical life and ask yourself, 
How am I getting exercising? What is my eating habit? How am I resting? I need to do an audit in this area. What do I need to stop? What do I need to start? And what do I need to sustain? Next area, area number six. I'm giving you seven areas. Area number six that you've got to be able to look into, you've got to do an audit in, is your soul life, your mind, your mind, your mind, your mind, your mind. You've got to do an audit. Oh, this is so powerful indeed, the audit of your mind. Why? Because as a man thinketh, so is he. Your mind, your thoughts control your life. Your thoughts are powerful indeed. You've got to do an audit of your thinking, of your thoughts. Are you hearing me, people? Think about what you are thinking about. There's got to be a shift in your mindset. You've got to shift from pessimistic thinking to optimistic thinking, from impossibility thinking to possibility thinking. You've got to free your mind. You've got to break your mind out of being locked into well-trodden old patterns and start to explore new vestas of thought. In the mighty name of Jesus, you've got to do an audit of what am I thinking? When I face an obstacle, what are the first thoughts that come to my mind? Catch your thoughts. It says that we, we, we catch every thought and we bring it under subjection to the obedience of Christ. So now it's time for you to catch your thoughts, to think about what you are thinking. When somebody says something negative to you, what are your immediate thoughts? Catch your thoughts. Think about what you're thinking and start to stop letting your thoughts to just be spontaneous anyhow and start to be more deliberate about what you choose to think, how you choose to believe. You've got to do an audit of your soul, your mind, your thinking. You've got to do this. If you're going to advance in this year, can you start to see it? That this advanced thing, you know, too many believers in the, the, the world today, they're all just waiting for the prophecy. It's the year of overflow. It's the year of breakthrough. It's the year of this, that. And all that is good. But they fail to understand their responsibility, their side of the equation. That after receiving that word, it's your job to find the how and to apply it practically. Bringing me to number seven area that you've got to audit. audit. You've got to audit your spiritual life your spiritual life. Hallelujah. You've got to audit your spiritual life. And this is really the one that is at the top of my heart in this time. This is the one that the Lord has really been speaking to me about. A spiritual audit is an audit of your spiritual life. In the book of Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Now, when we study this scripture closely, we come to understand that what it is saying is talking here about priorities. Because the truth be told, God can't be first. God has to be all. God is all, is everything to us. So he's not just first. But in the context of this first, and in the context about teaching about practical priorities, in our lives is saying that you've got to put the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. The kingdom of God and the righteousness of God needs to be our top priority. As important as all of the other audits are, I believe an audit of our spiritual life is the one that is most desperately needed. 
I'm concerned in the day we live in that so many believers are actually out of sync spiritually. They're out of sync spiritually. They're going through the motions, but they're out of sync spiritually. Oh, God. Oh, God, help us. Help us to, to see it. Help us to understand it. So many people, if we are, they were to do a proper spiritual audit of their spiritual lives, their walk with God, they will realize that something is amiss. What is your motivation in the pursuit of of God. What is your motivation in the pursuit of God? Are you looking for his face or are you looking for his hands? There are, there's a whole bunch of believers today that all they're looking to God for, they're looking to God for his hands. What are God's hands? What God does. So what drives them to God and their constant reason for coming to God is because of what he can do, what he will do, his miracles, his wonders, the supernatural and the rest. And it's not necessarily that that's bad. That is wholly part of who God is. But as we mature as believers, we need to realize that our pursuit of God should not be premised on what is in his hands, but rather we should be in pursuit of him for his face. What is his face? His face represents his will. His face represents his kingdom, his counsel, his vision, his direction. I'm concerned about the face of God. So those who seek only his hands will often miss his face. Did you get that? Those who seek only the hands of God will often miss the face of God. But anyone that is seeking the face of God cannot but encounter his hands, cannot but experience his hands. What are your motivations for seeking God? I see believers in the droves turn out for special services, turn out for crossover service, turn out for first service of the year, turn out for miracle deliverance service, turn out for anointing service, turn out for yoke destroying service, turn out for breaking the cycle service. And I'm not vilifying any of those services. We do those services as the Holy Spirit inspires us to do them also. However, it, often it is feeding a culture of believers that are only pursuing God for his hands rather than for his face, for his feel, face, for his, his personal. I want to know you, God. I want to know you, God. Uh, Paul, well, it, was, it was David that prayed that, Lord, search me and see whether there be any crooked path within me where my motivations uh, even though it's it's clothed in good actions is actually wrong audit your spiritual life audit your christian disciplines your Christian disciplines, you are a disciple of Christ, and a disciple is a disciplined one. So let's, let's examine some of our disciplines as Christians. I, I dare say that in the day that we are living in, and the pandemic, the lockdown, the separation of believers, that many believers have lost even the little Christian disciplines that they had before. How is your prayer life? your personal prayer life. Do you spend time in prayer personally and even corporately? How are you doing in your prayer life? Do an audit. Know the state of your flocks because it is only after knowing the state of your flocks where you are that you can start to chart a course for advancing. Are you deliberately feeding your faith or fear? I, I, I fear that a lot of believers today, today are not deliberately feeding anything. 
They just eat whatever comes their way. They, they are constantly binging on bad news on, on, on the TV. They are constantly reading anything. Even their spiritual meals is not consistent. They just listen to anything, read anything, listen to anybody all over the place. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't listen to, to various speakers, but you've got to know who the Lord has sent you to and has sent to you and where God has planted you. If you are a member of this house, you are meant to make sure that your mainstream is coming from the house that you are a member of, constantly feeding from the word of God. In the midweek life class, in the Sunday services, you're free to take a whole lot more other supplements from other places, but make sure so that you are not confused, so that you are rightly planted because each pastor is being led by God to feed his congregation what they need in that season. Now, sometimes when you're taken from somewhere else, they're in a different season than the season you are in with your local assembly. It's time to elevate discipline over motivation. Discipline over motivation. Hallelujah. I don't do things only because I'm motivated to do them. I do them because I'm a disciple of Christ and disciples are disciplined ones. I don't tune in for prayer because I always feel like praying. I tune in for prayer because I'm a disciplined one. I don't always come to church because I love coming to church. I do love coming to church. So Sometimes I don't want to, but because I'm a disciple, a disciplined one, I come. I don't always listen to the word because it's exciting and it's interesting. Sometimes it's not, but I apply myself to it because I'm a disciple. I'm a disciplined one. Audit your Christian disciplines. This is the heart of my message tonight. This is what the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me about to tell you that I know everybody wants to be hearing all of the 10 steps to success and to breakthrough and to your next level. But God is saying, this is what's at my heart. This is what I want. I want my saints. I want my children to come back to the place of me first, other things next. If we'll advance in God this year, we have to go back to the basics in our spiritual lives. We have to conduct a spiritual audit of our lives. Your hunger and thirst for the word of God, where is it? You know, I think back and I'm not trying to recapture the days gone by, but I do remember in, in times gone by, how in my youth growing up in the Lord will stumble against uh, across a message preached by this person, preached by that person. And guess what we will do? We'll listen to it over and over again. And then we'll start sending it to our friends, to this brother, to that sister, all over the place, getting them to listen to that same message. And I'm looking at believers today, and I'm not seeing that kind of hunger, that kind of thirst, and that kind of excitement around the word of God, save a few persons. That where we, we hear it and we noise it abroad, we hear it and we, we can't wait to share with our brothers and sisters what we heard and what we learned. Audit your hunger and thirst for God's word. Audit your prayer life. How committed are you to in your prayer life? Do you even join prayer, corporate prayer at all, apart from your personal prayer? Audit your belief system. Are you building your faith deliberately, not haphazardly, but deliberately feeding your faith, building your faith, believing in God? Is your faith actively believing for new things, greater things, for the advancement of the kingdom of God? 
audit your fellowship, encouraging believers. Are you meeting with other believers? Are you, you, you the scripture says, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together? It was definitely not talking about virtual assembly, it was talking about physical assembly. Yes, this is the new age, we're able to meet virtually we are doing that tonight but you've got to also realize that this is part of my christian discipline this is part of my growth so now i've got to deliberately engage it are you in a life group when are you coming into church physically to 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 receive the word in the fellowship of the brethren or brethren under the corporate anointing you see there are some things you are not going to gain on, on your own solo there are certain virtues and Christian character that's not developed in isolation. It's only developed in interaction. And sometimes that interaction is frictional. It's meant to grow you. It's meant to develop you. We've got to go back to, to checking these things. Next area in this spiritual audit of your spiritual life is that how are you reaching out to your world, believer? How are you reaching out to your world? When last did you invite somebody to church, invite somebody to a midweek service? When last did you invite somebody to a life group meeting? When last did you reach out to your world? I, I fear that too much of the church has become insular. It's all about us, our needs, what we want, our breakthrough, our this, our that, that we, we aren't thinking about the world that we are sent to reach. For God so loved the world. Uh, do we share that same love for the world in this age? This is the revival that God is calling for. He says that if you are going to advance this year, you're going to have to do a spiritual audit and get with my program in order to be able to move to the level I want you to move to. Believe you me, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added unto you. The, all those other things, they'll be added, they're coming. They're, they're, it's all inside the package. But God is saying, do a spiritual audit. Do a spiritual audit. Don't fall for the seduction of the enemy in this day where inadvertently Christian disciplines are being lost, are being lost. And the Christian disciplines are becoming a matter of convenience when I feel like, when it's convenient for me. No, part of what makes the discipline a worthy sacrifice is the inconvenience of it. I'm praying for us, I'm praying for you tonight, that there's going to be a revival in your spiritual life. There's going to be a revival in your hunger and thirst for God and for his righteousness. There's going to be a quickening of, of, of the passion for God on the inside of you. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the spiritual audit. The assignment for you is that you go back, you think about all of these areas and you start putting pen to paper and start saying, okay, this is what I need to do in this area. This is what I need. Listen to God and do that audit and start to get your life on track for the great advance that God has for you this year in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. I have prayed, I have admonished, I have taught, I have counseled tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Let, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Let him minister to you. Let, it, let him quicken within you what he needs to quicken within you. Let him cause 
godly repentance. Areas where you need to repent, where you felt the conviction of the spirit. Even as I was preaching and teaching tonight, you felt the conviction of the spirit. Don't harden your heart. Repent, repent, reset. And let God set that flame in you afire again for God and the things of God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. I want to thank you so much for joining in tonight's um, um, the, tonight's life class, the first life class of the new year. Hallelujah. Uh, a strong one, a strong one, a strong one. I trust that you're going to take to heart the things that you have learned and you're going to run with the things that you have learned. Amen and amen. I, like I told you tonight, I didn't come to just bless you and prophesy over your lives. I came to give you assignments of what to do, a whole lot of work to do in the application of the stuff that you have learned tonight. We can't close out this service without giving you an opportunity to give to the work of the Lord. It's part of our Christian discipline, our consistent given, giving. We are stewards who give towards the work of the Lord. We don't just do it haphazardly. We do it deliberately because we love our God. Hallelujah. So the various ways in which you can give have been shown on the screen right now. Um, you can do a bank transfer to our accounts or you can go to our website, um, www.hotr.org.uk forward slash give dash online, or you can use PayPal to admin at hotr.org.uk. Um, those are various ways in which you can give. So please do give. I speak a word of blessing over every gift that is given tonight, every seed that is sown. Lord, bless the givers. Oh Lord, lead them to where you have already made provision for them in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, we do pray. I also want to encourage you to follow us on all of our social media platforms on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, on SoundCloud. Even our messages now, we post them on iTunes and on Spotify. So make sure you engage with us on all of those platforms, particularly my preference, Instagram. Make sure you're following us on Instagram. Make sure you're following me on Instagram also, and you will be blessed. A whole lot of good word coming out all the time. 